Welcome to the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast, where we don't take from insurance companies. Here are your hosts, Mr. Jordan Comstock and Mr. Ben Tuinay. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast. I am your host today, Jordan Comstock. We are without Ben today. He is traveling again, um, out, staying busy, speaking out there at dental conferences. So, Ben, if you're listening, we miss you and uh, wish you could be here, but good luck out there speaking, man. Um, today, I have an exciting guest. Her name is Joanne Leon, um, and we met Joanne through our good friend Debbie Bitkey. And um, Joanne, her experience is working with insurance, obviously. That's why she's on the show. So, um, you're Joanne, you're with Dental Practice Solutions with Debbie, correct? Yes, I am. And yes. And tell us how how did you get in dentistry and how long have you been in, in the dental world? I've been in the dental world about thirty nine years. It started back awesome. in nineteen seventy seven. Oh wow, nice! <laughs> Very cool. What what got yeah. you started? Did you have did you have family in the industry or or what what attracted attracted you to the dental industry? Well, what attracted me, I went into a small town and there was a dental office uh, that had an ad out for a receptionist. Um, myself, not knowing any better, I just recently was married and I needed to work in order to help, you know, at the time, my husband. So I went in and I applied. And at that time, uh, the dentist uh, would train people, give training on the job, and that's how I started out. I started out as a receptionist, and from a receptionist, I graduated into um, insurance billing and verification, and from there, a treatment coordinator, and uh, from there, as an office manager, from an office manager to a dental consultant. Awesome. And you're and from earlier our conversation, you said you're you're still managing some dental practices, right? Was it four, was it four? Yes, so yes, I am managing four dental practices. That that sounds like it keeps you busy. <laughs> yes, I am very busy. Yes. So I you am. so you manage four practices, and then you are a consultant as well uh, with Dental Practice Solutions. So very cool. How did you How did you get connected with Debbie? She's like awesome. I love Debbie. <laughs> I love Debbie, too, and, you know, I was looking to grow my business, and um, being in a um, not, you know, like a small town in, um, in Bakersfield, uh -huh. and so I went online, and I did get my certification as a procedural auditor consultant through the California Association of Dental Plans. But I needed a little bit more of how to master and how to charge out my hourly rate where I am not doing all this work mm -hmm. and possibly training others. So I looked online and I contacted, it said, um, Debbie Vicky Seidel, and it said, uh, do you want to become a dental consultant? You know, please join the Master Academy of Dental Consultants. And that's how I got acquainted with her back in 2014. Oh, awesome. So just through the, the networking group there. Uh, very, very yeah. cool. Very cool. And then, and then you obviously went and started, uh, you help with like negotiating insurance. Um, 
what other what other things do you help with in in a in a, in with your consulting? Uh, with the consulting, uh, basically, I um, enjoy training uh, the front desk team, also the doctors and the back office assistants on the correct procedure codes for the services that are being rendered, and also um, helping them to understand the process of the insurance and how the you know, diff- there are so many different insurances in many, many, many groups where they fall into different categories and how to program their computers from EagleSoft mm-hmm. to, you know, Easy Dental Dentrex. And, um, and then also, what does the uh, insurance company, say, for instance, Delta Dental, most uh, offices are contracted under Delta Dental. It's kind of a forced because if you're not, then you're out of network, the patient, you know, does receive the payment. So they're kind of forced to join um, Delta Dental. And what are the guidelines that Delta Dental, you know, utilizes? And so um, I go in and I train the staff to get familiar, to know the groups, how to program their computers from the, uh, you know, upgrades. And because the systems of the computers are kind of preset, but if you learn uh, how you can uh, kind of manipulate the computer where it can um, obviously give you the deductibles on the single x-rays or the downgrades, you know, from the composites to amalgams, uh, the crowns. It, most offices are doing all ceric crowns mm-hmm. or all porcelain ceramic crowns, and you can program your your software to give you kind of the exact amount that the copay is going to be for the patient. Oh, cool. So you help with that system and you help set those up in, in practices. Um, it, it always yeah. it always seems like a ton of practices have the issues um, setting those up because I remember even going just to to practices you know uh, in in my history of of dental work needed uh, it always seems like they're always off when they <laughs> they tell me so <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's a huge yeah. problem in the industry so that that's pretty awesome that you help with that um, so let's let's get to this real quick I, I have I have some questions that I want to ask you. Um, that will help our audience understand how to manage um, dealing with dental, with dental insurance. You know, so uh, my first question is: so, w- what do you find in a practice when they when they have claims reje- rejected or denied? What I find is that either the uh, procedure code that they are um, billing it's either deleted. Or it's not the correct. Uh, sometimes, like uh, tooth number twenty, they will uh, the assistant because most like ninety percent of the time, the assistants are trained to go into the charting and to push this little button that someone before them and then that person before them anyhow set it up the explosion codes or the multi uh, codes. And what happens, they push this um, button, and what happens with that tooth number 20, they're probably building that out as a 2330 or, or you know, that's for a one um, surface, where that is a posterior tooth, and it should have the 2391 if it's a one surface filling. So those kind of things get them confused. Uh, also, the crowns that somebody probably set up, like I'm saying, they're u- utilizing like uh, all uh, the uh, porcelain 
um, base metal uh, code, which is the 5751. And here this doctor is uh, doing all ceramic crown, which is the 2740. And so those do not match up as when they're getting to send out the the uh, claim. Also, the bone grafts. The bone grafts, uh, I went into an office where they were, uh, you know, billing out as the uh, 20, I mean, 40, I believe it was the 4263, which is the bone graft when you do osteosurgery. That's the gum surgery. And they were billing it out when they were extracting the tooth, which should have been the 7953. And, um, some. 953. However, you cannot utilize that 4263 on the osteos code of that surgery for that bone graft because it's mm-hmm. it's an incorrect code. It, yes, it does pay you a lot more money, but the insurance company is not going to, you know, they're asking, well, when did this person have the surgery? And here you yeah. extracted this tooth or you know, or you're placing the implant and uh, the implant, you're going to do the bone graft at the time of the implant um, placement. And that's, you know, that's not the 7953, that's the 6104. So uh, those things like, um, or, you know, like Premier Access, it's an insurance company. Uh And sometimes on the x-rays, you know this, that the you know, the occlusal may not show and they may not, you know, want to pay you. So when you have oh, a, a company like United Concordia, uh, Premier Axis or Guardian, and you're doing occlusal surface, why not take that intraoral picture and submit it so you can get payment? Because, you know, even though you're trying to do the research why this was denied, you know, time is money. So if you get it right, yeah, when you get it right in the very beginning and you know the guidelines of each insurance and you prepare yourself, then and you're using your electronic billing, then there's no reason why you're not receiving those claims within seven days for payment. Awesome. No, that's that's very helpful. Why why do you think so many practices, um, and this is kind of a follow-up question here, why do you think so many practices struggle with with managing, uh, you know, all the insurance claims and just working with insurance companies? I just I just want to know your perspective. Uh, what was the question again? So I I just want to know why do you think so many practices struggle with uh, working with with insurance companies and, and getting this system down right? Uh, first of all, it, it, it's the owners. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they have to uh, take responsibility where they have failed their their um, employees because, you know, they're looking at their numbers and they say, you know, oh, well, um, you know, I'm just going to throw this person in. And it happens all the time. And I, t- and I tell my clients, you have to give them two weeks, two weeks of intense training for this position before they become live and they... Interesting start interacting with your patients because what happens is that person, first of all, um, myself, I've been 39. Every doctor is different. Yeah, oh, yeah. The way they do things, they, they, 
process. Okay, so it's going to take me some uh, time to adapt of their way of doing things. Imagine someone that is not fully trained and, and basically in dental, they learn from the person or the other office they were working with. They only know very little, but they don't understand why you do certain things a certain way and why the insurance, you know, um, asks for this, um, you know, information like your periotarding, your full mouth x-rays, make sure the apex is showing, or you're going to do a crown and the cuff is showing. Don't cut it off and send that <laughs> out because they're not going to pay you. And and so the, the office, the provider, the owner is not willing to invest. I see. They're saying, what they say to me is that, Joanne, I really don't want to invest this much money or time into this person because this person, if I train them and I give them the knowledge and I, you know, I use you uh, as, you know, to train my, my, this individual, how do I know after the 90 day probation period, this person is going to stay with me? Good point. Yeah. And I said, you know, yeah. and I said, you know, doctor, you can't afford it, but you can't not afford not to. And in the process of this two weeks intense training, is like going to boot camp. Uh -huh. you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and so your investment of them going live is getting your claims processed and your money's collected because the way you've been doing things and you have, you know, 40,000, 100,000, 200,000 out there and the AR that is not collectible, hey, <sighs> why not be open to someone to train and educate them the reasons why you do, you know, you do what you do. And, um, and then, doctor, you can't hold someone, hey, and if those 90 days, they processed your claim, and they went to the person across the street for a dollar more or two dollars more. Hey, you do you repeat it, yeah. and you're collecting most of your money. Yeah, just it's, it's a long term investment. You it, know, it is a long term investment, and set, set you can set money aside, you know, to invest in that, you know, as you go. But I I do think I'm a big believer in um in the business owner understanding all the systems and, and processes in a business and I think uh, obviously managing insurance as much as I, I I'm not a big insurance fan I'm gonna be honest here um, I, I think um, you know insurance is it, you know you're definitely gonna use that it, to help you know attract patients to your pr uh, practice but it's definitely um, very smart to understand the processes and systems dealing with insurance and I, I think um, you know, when the doctor and the and the practice owner understands those and and uh, understands the systems and and or the education to to teach his uh, staff how to be really efficient, it's going to make his business even better, and it's going to make patients happy. And and instead of mad that their you know their uh, their copay is uh, higher than what they they quoted or or you know anything like that. So, which leads me um, to my next question: Why why do some why do some patients uh, why do you think patients complain about their bills, right? We see this all the time. Uh, give me your thoughts here. Uh, the reasons why uh, they um, complain about, you know, the estimate being incorrect and um, 
it goes like this. If you have someone, you know, and I, you know, I want to say something. I do agree with you. We should be <laughs> in the industry, be for service. Yep. Because yep. the insurance, the insurance has so many guidelines. So and many. Too many sometimes. <laughs> they, yeah, too many, yes. <laughs> and they, they dictate to you what you can and cannot do. Yep. Um, you know, uh, as far as now x-rays having deductibles, you know, single PAs. Or the limited exam may have a deductible, uh, you know, or the buildup is inclusive with the crown prep. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, it's, it's uh, crazy. That, that's the insurance <laughs> world. Yep. But what happens is in the uh, offices that are contracted with um, insurance companies, which could be Delta Dental, MetLife, Guardian, um, Aetna. United Concordia, those are kind of the big companies out there. So what happens is that either what failed is that you have someone that's inexperienced, the in, the computer, say Gentrex or Eaglesoft, the uh, contract uh, fee was not uh, connected uh, with that insurance company. So if you're Delta Dental and new doctors, if you're not you know, back in my time, been in practice for 30 years, you're grandfathered in for your premier fees with Delta Dental. However, new graduates, new people are, you know, are under the PPO, the DPO uh, under Delta Dental. So that right there, um, you have to connect your fee schedules into the program. The other thing happens, say that this person this patient had composite fillings. So mm-hmm. if, you're, uh, if your program is not um, um, where you have uh, placed the uh, upgrades into the system to the payment table of how much they, you know, they would allow for the, uh, the silver fillings and you don't program it, then what happens when they actually you send the claim out, the patient is, they are going to have a higher copay. What happens is that, like, say, for instance, Aetna. Aetna is a stickler. So Aetna, if you didn't propose the benefit of their um, policy, which is in fillings, let's say, re- uh, restorative uh, fillings, and it's um, their benefit is for the silver fillings, and the upgrade would be composite. If you did not disclose that, they will tell you you cannot charge the patient the difference. Wow. You have to know the insurance. So that uh, before uh, First Dental Health, like uh, I'm in California, there's a lot of um, state of California employees that have um, CCPOA, the um, correctional officer's uh, insurance. When I went into this office, you know, you have these CEOs very upset yeah. because at the, at the time, CCPOA was not paying on composite fillings. It only happened maybe about maybe three years ago. I, I may be off like three or four years ago and that they allowed composite fillings with, you know, not downgrading them. And so you have these CFOs because they have, you know, the the piggyback. So 
So if they were going to pay 90%, you would think that the piggyback would pay the other 10%. Well, that was not the case hmm. with the compulsive selling. So I think they must have had so many complaints from these C- um, CEOs that uh, now, you know, they went and they changed uh, the um, the uh, policy that they would cover. That's one thing. The other thing could be if, like, say, your periodontal deep cleaning, which, you know, we call replaning or we call, you know, SRPs or, you know, uh, the 4341. Well, if you're dealing with United Concordia, Guardian, uh, Premier Access, uh, Humana, uh, Blue Shield, Blue Cross, uh, Anthem Blue, if you're not submitting the periodontal pocketing, which sometimes you, they fail to do, or and say that you do, and say you don't have current uh, x-rays, uh, which are, you know, six months to present, what happens is that they're not able to determine that bone loss. So, what ha- uh, so they get denied. And if you know that these insurances are very um, uh, rigid regarding um, processing those claims, those claims are going to be denied. And I see that time after time after time. Like United Concordia, you know, if a person's um, under age 30, most likely 99.9, those claims are going to be denied. Mm-hmm. So you have to really know, get to know the insurance. So the yeah, patient, you provided the service, the patient gets the statement. I mean, you're not talking about $20. You might be <laughs> talking about, you know, 200 yeah, 400 because this, yes, this procedure got uh, denied. So, and I mean, what does that say about your office? It's a catch-22 Yeah. because on the patient's side, they see you as being incompetent. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree that, there. You know, you, you, yeah, you really don't know what you're, you're doing. And then with good faith, they trusted that this claim was going to go ahead and get paid. So the best thing is to do is know your insurance companies and what they, are, what they um, suggest and my time. I would say pre-op, you know, take those. And when you're probing and you're you're doing your periodontal um, pocketing, you see bleeding, snap that picture. Mm-hmm. Send it to them. Take a picture you know, of all it. that buildup. Document it, yes. I said because that's going to help you speed up the process and they're going to allow it. And, said, and then the other is the crowns. If you're doing all ceramic crowns, and and they're downgrading, say MetLife downgrades to the 2791, which is a, a base metal crown. Well, in my Which is a very low quality hours, crown, <laughs> in my opinion. It's yes, really low quality. Yes. <laughs> yes, bad. yes, it is. <laughs> yes. And you're doing that on the, uh, you know, posteriors or the um, molars. Well, they're going to downgrade. And yes, if you didn't calculate the difference, that the difference is maybe $75 difference or $50 difference. You know, we're in the um, economic stage right now that people are, you know, are wanting to hold on to, you know, their money. Yeah. And 
they want to, you know, either have the option, you know, should you uh, get permission because I want to know exactly to the penny what I'm going to be, you know, paying as my part. Um, and then, you know, um, you get into, well, we have the third party financing. And so, you know, they agree, but then they get this, you know, belt, you know, <laughs> yeah. I would be upset too. Yeah, absolutely. I would be upset too. Yeah. And, and, yeah. The hard, and the hard part is that insurance companies do complicate, um, you know, how, how we manage our practices because they make all these guidelines and rules and all this stuff. Um, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. It can, I, I can totally understand how, how frustrating it can be with, you know, working with uh, insurance. My, uh, so growing up, my mom uh, was a, worked with insurance companies uh, for dental practice. Well, she still does. I, sh- I don't know why I said was. Uh, but, she, yeah, she uh, – um, I remember that it can be really frustrating working with, you know, all the many different PPO providers out there. So thanks for that. Thanks for that information. I think that was definitely helpful. So uh, I have another question for you. Why, why do some insurance companies reduce payouts to the practices? Oh, that's, that is something that all um, the owners uh, for the companies or corporates, whoever's in control of their fees, uh-huh. um, if you are submitting, uh, say that you're submitting your claims with the, you know, your usual reasonable customary fee that you charge, um, if you're having that on the claim form, which I do recommend utilizing that, I know some offices believe in, you. Uh, let me give you this, this one scenario. So say that you don't take a look at all of your insurance uh, that you're contracted under. Some people are mm-hmm. contracted, you know, for some are 10, 12. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. it's kind of, it gets very ridiculous because, you know, if you're like 12, you know, more than four, then what crazy. you're doing, you're, yeah, what you're doing, and, and these owners do not know is that they will pay you because you're, they partner and they network. So, you don't know who's under uh, Aetna or MetLife or, um, you know, uh, Emeritus. or So they will pay you, and if they partner with the lowest one, they will give you that fee, the lowest fee. Mm-hmm. And so you have to really know who you're partnered up with. Anyhow, going back to the usual reasonable customary fee, uh-huh. if you don't look at each contract of all the procedures that you're contracted with and your fee of the, of the um, UCR, what happens, you know, say, let's take, for instance, Delta Dental. And you're, say that you're, um, uh, let's say, um, maybe a a crown okay and your, your that contract fee like in current county might it's uh 698 okay yeah. and say that your usual reasonable customary fee is um you know 800 there's okay. no problem with that where the problem is is that these doctors that are under the premier they're grandfathered in is if their crown is i just have this uh, if their crown is uh, 810 and that's what they're utilizing as their 810 as their UCR fee and say that um, 
this uh, first dental health is paying 856. Well, that $810 that goes on the crown um, on the claim form and your contract contracted rate of the uh, 856 with first dental health, what shows on the claim form 810, that's what they're going to pay, you know, whether it's 80% or 50%. So mm-hmm. that's the mistake that's being made. Interesting. Or, or the insurance company, like Emeritus, if you're contracted with Emeritus and, and you don't go in January of 2018 or you didn't go uh, January of 2017, and they kind of basically give you like a few cents or a dollar uh, increase on certain procedures, and you didn't go in there and check and update that, you know, and you're, um, and you're not... Um, keeping up so what happens they're going to pay you and you're utilizing the fees that you have under emeritus claim form well they're not going to pay you more because you made the mistake so if your crown is six hundred dollars and they gave you an increase of 620 and you're utilizing you know two years ago the contract of emeritus uh, to submit your your fee for that company then you know that increase that they did they'll uh, only pay you that the percentage off of what's on that claim form interesting very interesting yeah no i think that that's definitely some um useful information for our, our audience here so um what what are some other common like misused codes that you see out there you know in a dental practice uh, the common misuse code is that um, sometimes the um, front desk or chair side make is knowing what are the anterior codes versus the the premolars, and when they're okay. uh, going to do the um, restorative, you know, filling, uh, they get that mixed up with the anterior codes, the twenty three thirty versus the twenty three ninety one or 92, they, they get, you know, uh, get kicked out. Uh, they, uh, the buildups, they uh, either, you know, the doctor did a buildup and they're billing out as a, uh, as a post. They're utilized, instead of using, utilizing the 2950, they may utilize the 29, um, uh, 52, which is a custom lab, which, you know, the fee is, you know, greater, but you didn't send that, you know, um, that post to the lab or they utilize the, the 2954, which is a prefab post where the doctor did a 2950 or vice versa. They're, they did a 2954 um, and they're coding it as a 2952. Uh, okay. And so that's kind of things that uh, I see. Uh, I see that the bone grafts, um, and many offices make this mistake. The bone grafts that I normally see is the D4263. Well, the 40, uh, the 4263 is, uh, yes, indeed, it is bone graft. However, that is done when you do the osteosurgery. Hmm. And you've got to remember the, uh, the the secret to it is look at the code. If you see it's, it begins with a four, you know those are going to go under the periodontics. Oh, interesting. You know, the 4,000 codes. 
Yeah. And if you and the uh, so if they did an extraction and they placed the bone graft, they'll use the forty two sixty three. So the you know the insurance is saying, well, when did this person have this surgery, this gum surgery, <laughs> and when they have this fifth fold? You know, you you did an extraction either a seventy two, um, you know, the seventy two um, ten, and you know you're placing the uh, the bone graft. So the correct code for you know at the time of the extraction would be the seventy nine fifty three, and it falls under the seven thousand codes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're extracting the tooth, it's in the seven thousand codes, and you're placing at the time of the extraction you know that you're going to use the 7953. It's in the 7,000 codes. Now, if you're doing an implant, so at the, because, you know, they changed the codes for the yeah. implants two years ago, I think, I believe. And so this 6104 would be at the time of the implant. You wouldn't put at the time of the implant, you know, the 7953. You know, the clue is, it's in the 6,000 code. So it's, if you're doing it at the time of the implant and you know that it's 6010, you know, that look beneath, underneath and you'll see that the 6104 would be the appropriate code in doing that. Um, the other thing, um, it's the crowns. Uh, you know, the doctor, well, always <laughs> they always say, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be charging more for, you know, I have the Zurich machine yeah. and I'm doing Zurich crowns. Okay? <laughs> yep. Okay. I don't, I, I understand. Well, you know, we have this special code for our Zurich crown because, you know, it costs, costs more for yep. the convenience and, you know, and and I agree. I mean, you know. Absolutely, What yeah. you want to charge, what you, I said, but it still falls under the 2740. It's an all porcelain ceramic crown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but it's it, it, but I'm doing or I'm doing a Bruxier or I'm doing an Emacs or I'm doing yeah it's a name brand, but you're doing it's a 2740. It's all ceramic crown. I mean, you know, if you're going to charge for the upgrade, that's you know that's different. However, the appropriate code would be the 2740. Hmm. So those are things that they kind of so get, many um, codes. Li- <laughs> <laughs> too many. There's codes. Too, too many codes. Yes. How many codes are yes. there? Do you know how, how many? Oh well, they go up to the ninth. Uh, you know, nine thousand codes. So wow. uh, each, you know, each category has about twenty. You know, about twenty. You know, from you know ex- the diagnostic. I think the preventative codes have the less codes in there but the restorative i mean they fall into your crowns yeah crowns, so, dentures, all that yeah stuff. there there is uh, a lot of codes there um you know to kind of uh get familiar however you know we probably use about 20 codes mm-hmm. on a re- unit that's re- repetitive that's pretty that's pretty common yeah 20. pretty common yes in a general practice Awesome. No, that, yeah. this is very. This has been help, very helpful information. Very interesting. Uh, but every time I'm going to say, every time I hear how how it how it really is working with uh, dental insurance, it, uh, it makes my brain want to explode. <laughs> um, and I think, <laughs> I, and I think uh, that I think that's why I'm I'm like pro fee for service becoming. 
um, a, a yeah. practice that's, that's less dependent on, on PPOs. And uh, I mentioned to you earlier mm-hmm. about kind of what we do in, in the industry and help practices create in-house membership programs uh, or dental savings plans. Uh, with our software, um, I, I like that because it's it's a lot more it's it's pretty simple, right? You don't have to uh, memorize all these codes. Well, I, I would I would hope they don't memorize nine thousand codes. That sounds like a, <laughs> that's that sounds like a well. If you're doing that, you probably have a ton of time on your hands. Uh, but that's just that's a headache. It seems like to me. Uh, but what I I want to get your opinion about yeah. about uh, becoming fee for service. Do you see? Um, the offices that you manage are they they have some fee for service aspects to them or what what are your thoughts on becoming fee for service? You know, I uh, I agree. Uh, you um, as a person that is um, myself, I'm self employed. Mm-hmm. There's value in your knowledge, your education, Absolutely. the time that you put into. And however, you know, doctors, dentists especially, they're afraid. Yeah. They're afraid because they know that we, you know, I say we, the dentists have done this to themselves Mm -hmm. because they've taught patients to not care about their well-being, but to be more in tune of what their insurance may, you know, will help them to. Yeah, more price, more price conscious. Yes, price conscious. And in the medical field, you wouldn't even blink twice if you're sick and you go. Absolutely. And you have to pay, you know, there's copay. So we need to start re-educating, you know, our patients and see the value in the education and what we can do because most of all, you know, most of the diseases that happen, you know, begin in the mouth. Absolutely. And so if we if we educate the value of why this is urgent and not postpone, because if you postpone because you say you have this insurance that's, you know, $2,000 and you maximized it for 2017 and you're phasing out the treatment because obviously the patient can't afford to get it all done, then, you know, they're waiting. But, you know, also on that wait time, it just, you know, you know, when you have something that is extensive, you know, where it's a three-surface, four-surface filling, you know, and it's getting close to the pulp, you know, and then you need, may require a root canal and, and a buildup and a crown. Well, what happens, you know, it's going to cost you more at the time that you wait versus had you know that here, here's a coupon, you know, from Nordstrom's or Macy's and I'm going to utilize it and then I'm going to take care of what I can, you know, uh, for this year service. And, and if you're offering these discounted plans, then, you know, it's more in favor of the, of the patient because not, I'm, I'm aware of the cost. However, oh, yeah. If you are able to provide this service for uh, patients, they're they're saving on the long run. They're mm-hmm. saving time from taking off from work. They're saving from you know not ever experiencing you know dental pain. Yeah. Or you know, um, or where you know if you let things go, you know where they progress and it's going to cost you more time and more money, and um, so. It's good to have insurance, 
but the bottom line, you should know what's best for yourself and, you know, utilize programs that are available there where, you know, doctors are utilizing your program where they're able to save on the cost Mm -hmm. and can help them out, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you do the math too, um, you know, working with, with PPOs, it's it's a very expensive marketing campaign if you think about how much discounts uh, you give. You know, uh, I, I believe discounts are good, but they do uh, cross a line if they're they're too much, in my opinion. It could affect, you know, profit margins and, and, and the, the overall health of the business, right? Um, and yeah. my recommendation is when, when practices are working with insurance or want to reduce dependence on, on PPOs is to understand your numbers, you know, because that's the bottom line. We, we are all in business, no matter, you know, if you're a consultant, if you're a software company, if you're a dentist, we are all in business. And numbers are very important to understand. And I think uh, it's very important for a, 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 a dentist uh, and those that are managing to understand, you know, each procedure costs uh, and and uh, how much you can really discount and still make a, a he- healthy profit margin so that you can continue running your business and helping uh, those patients, right? So that's that's my, yeah. I guess, uh, thoughts of just if you're going to work with dental insurance, understand your numbers, put a, a floor in, in place where you can't discount below it, right? Because uh, if you discount below it, then you're going to be mm-hmm. you know losing more m- money. The same goes if you're if you're wanting to go fee for service and, and, and maybe start an, uh, and grow a, a healthy in-house membership program. You got to s- understand your numbers so you can understand what types of discounts you can afford to do to 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 take, right? And still make money. Right. So I, I'm a big believer in in the obviously the fee for service mo- model because, like I said before. Uh, insurance has always given me a headache <laughs> as a patient it's given me a headache and then obviously in the industry it gives me a headache <laughs> so uh, yeah i uh joanne <laughs> I, I am so grateful for you to come on uh, coming on our show today and, and sharing your expertise with our audience i, th- I think this was a, a a good amount of information for them and i hope that it's it's definitely useful for them if um any of our listeners want to contact you with questions um, you know about working with insurance and about some of the systems that you talked about. What's the best way they can contact you? Uh, they can contact me, um, Joanne J O A N N at dentalpracticesolutions dot com, or they can contact Kate, and which she is our um, manager for Dental Practice Solutions. Cool. And the number is nine four nine. Three five one eight seven four one. Awesome, and that's d- uh, dentalpracticesolutions.com dot com. You said as well is the website. Yeah. So go to that website and uh, check them out. Debbie is uh, one of our good friends, so um, she's got some great resources for everybody. And Joanne, thanks so much again for coming on the show. Do you have any any final uh, thoughts before we uh, end the, this episode? Uh. I would like to thank you for giving me this opportunity um, to speak and also, um, you know, just if you are a practice and I do understand you can't turn things over ASAP, um, know your insurance companies and please train your staff so this way you can um, see the value where you can utilize this product that um, can save you lots of money and you're able to go into a fee-for-service practice. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks so much, Joanne, and and I hope you have a good one.